the Fox show. Um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere. You're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on. Christopher Walken's on the show. I'm not sure. Is he? Maybe. <laughs> Welcome to the What The Falk Show with me, Connor Falk. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode, be it through SoundCloud, iTunes, or the Stitcher app. I'm really excited for this new episode. Hilton Ariel Ruiz is a producer, director, cinematographer, writer, done so many different things behind the camera. Really excited to have him on the show. Talk about his work in the horror genre, and specifically his upcoming film, feature film, and comic Zombie with a Shotgun. I appreciate you coming on the show, Hilton. I want to go ahead and say a big thanks to my sponsor, Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price, available in Bakersfield, California. Go ahead and check them out, ferrispizza.com. Also want to say a big thanks to last week's episode, really popular episode. I'm really thankful people who took the time to listen with Mark Polish and Juan Reyes, director and producer of the upcoming feature film Headlock, starring Annie Garcia and Diana Arground. So let's go ahead and give uh, Hilton a call. Let's go ahead and get this interview started. Hey there, Hilton. This is Connor Falk from the What the Falk Show. How are you doing today? Yeah, let's do it. You've done so many different roles behind the camera, from producer to writer to director. You've acted as well. You've acted as a cinematographer. You know a lot about promoting your projects. How did you get started in the industry, Hilton? Uh, I started well back um, you know, when I was in high school, basically. I just started uh, taking cinema studies, learning about filmmaking, you know, was big interest. I mean, I was young, you know, I got the camcorder, you know, back in the days, you know, the high eight camcorders they used to have, and, yeah. you know, I used to play around with it. I mean, I really liked it, I enjoyed it, and I think what happened with Sparked, it was just going to high school and taking those classes of cinema studies, I said, oh, wow, you know, this is something that I really like. And I used to do, you know, everybody used to do their little short films in their camcorders, and... So I decided to, like, you know, say, okay, um, how do I take this, you know, further out, you know, after high school? Yeah. So I took some courses there to see if I would, you know, if I would enjoy it for something that I really liked. And, of course, you know, um, you know, when I started, I started, it was actually on film, you know, 16 millimeter, Super 16, and 35. Oh, wow. it was, okay. At that time, there was no digital. I mean, it just started to come out, but at that time, everybody said, screw digital. And now it's backwards, now I'm going to say, screw the film. Yeah. And I just, I just loved it, you know, just loved it right off the bat, you know, working with people, working with friends and stuff like that. And just you know, going to different schools, different institutes, you know, taking, you know, here and there, learning experiences. I just thought I'd say, hey, you want to, I, 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 I can see I can do my own film, shot my own projects, and just kept on growing with the experience, and I kept on learning, and just kept on bringing out films and projects, and that's, uh, you know, just basically, you know, honestly, you know, being in New York City, you know, being in a big city, you got all these stories around, you always experiencing in your moment, Yeah. and just having experiences all day. You know, you just take a simple walk down the city, you're going you're gonna to see something, and it's just... Having so much experiences here in the city, in the Big Apple, and just after five years, how things have changed in New York. You know, every five years, I would say New York changes a lot. And then those little experiences stay with you. And I think as, uh, you know, as a person, as me and me being a filmmaker, I love to tell the stories that I experienced from back in the day to bring it out. And it's just everything, just everything around me just inspires me, but... Well, I, I would have to give you props then, Hilton, because it sounds like you're someone who, you know, you had the opportunity, you got a camcorder, you started to get interested in film, you took the classes you can. It sounds like you really sought out the industry and the opportunity to be good at it. And I got to give you props as well, because it seems like, you know, you went ahead and you said, I'm not going to rely on people to let me be at projects and make their projects. I'm going to go ahead and make my own stuff. I'm going to go ahead and get ahead, get ahead of the curb and make my own content. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I felt that, you know, when at that 
time also, you know, when I started filmmaking, you know, that whole big independent came out, you know, and they came out with Brothers McMullen and it came with Pulp Fiction, Buffalo 66. And that was the time that I just like got into it like right after high school. And it's like, wow, this is just incredible. I just love this. And everybody wanted to be this, you know, the independent film market and the whole independent film. And you're referring to, you're referring to Quentin Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs and whatnot. And you're referring to Ed Burns with Brothers McMullen and then Vincent Gallo, Buffalo 66. You're saying some of those kind of East Coast independent filmmakers really kind of gave you confidence in the idea that you want to go ahead and pursue that? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the friends that I, met at school and the friends that I hung out with, you know, we did so many projects together saying, well, we want to do the next, we want to be, you know, we, we want to be involved, you know, we said, okay, you don't have to be in, um, obviously we know that now, you know, we don't have Hollywood, we don't have to have Hollywood come in and say, hey, you know, we have to beg them, say, yeah. okay, you can, you know, shake your project, you know, get your project finance, and you know, in, in, in the early 90s, it was still difficult, you know, it was really expensive still. Yeah. You know, just for a film stock back in the day to develop the film stock, you know, it was, it's crazy, you know, it, 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 was, it was a lot of money. And even then, the raise money was, uh, you know, it, now you can make projects for $50,000. Mm-hmm. In the early 90s, there was no way you could have done that because the film processing and the film stock and it was just, the craft was just so different, you know, because now anybody can be really a DP, you know, no, no offense, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, you know, you, you could buy the camera and, you know, you'll learn a little bit of tools and, you know, the camera, depending on what camera you have, like, whoa, look, look what I can do, I can shoot. In the early 90s, you had to hire a DP, you know, you, can, you know, now the diamond doesn't anyway, you can, you can do it yourself, you know what, screw that, I'm going to learn this, I'm going to shoot this project myself, Yeah. you know, but back then, there's no way. You have to learn how to use the light meter. You have to know the stocks, the footage, and the indoor, the outdoor stock, and what looks you wanted, and how to shoot it. it was, not anybody can shoot product. No, no, you couldn't be a DP. So, again, just going back and referring to how, you know, it was still expensive because you had to hire some real guys, some real cats out there that knows how to fiddle shoot your project so know what to do and, and, and of course as years went by it got cheaper and cheaper go for it sorry and you're, so it's kind of an example of how technology has really made things easier if someone has an idea and they're willing to you know be a little bit assertive and kind of put it, put their foot forward they're willing to kind of create their projects they're going to have an opportunity I would use this podcast as an example put some money into the mic you know I, I try to have the great guests I can you be an example of that and I really have the control to go ahead and release this you know social media is obviously a huge platform that I can use so speaking of your mm-hmm. projects you know you, you've done a lot of different things from documentaries from you know from short drama from short action thrillers and specifically I would say you have a lot of experience in the horror genre and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because horror is such a huge just huge facet in culture and films it seems like when kids start out they usually start with horror films be it zombie or whatnot it's kind of fun to have that whole culture and uh, the entertainment that brings so I wanted to kind of ask how did you get started in this horror genre did you find that it was easier for you to shoot those kind of films or did you find that you had a knack for it how did that start okay. that's interesting I, I, it's so funny because you know I really love the horror you know, genre, you know, mm-hmm. um, I love all genres, you know, at the end of the day, I love a good movie that can tell a great story. Okay. It, it doesn't matter what genre it can be. No, but I love horror. But it's funny that when I started getting into filmmaking, I didn't do any horror because during the time, again, to bring back that whole, you know, with Brothers McMullen and, and Buffalo 66, as well as Dogs and Pulp Fiction, all these films. You know, horror was kind of not really popular during that time. Mm-hmm. And the people that I hung out with and the people that I associated with, so we were 
we we were thinking about doing the next, you know, those kind of films, you know, a dialogue-driven, you know, coming-to-age story or whatever it is to put together this whole thing, you know, just writing a script and, you know, just making it, you know, just getting its soul out there. Yeah. And I've always loved horror, but it's just funny and never just came to me. And sometimes I think about it, you know what, I wish, I, what if during that time I stood from horror from the very beginning? You know, I didn't. I started doing these whole other projects, and a lot of it was dialogue-driven, and it was drama, and working with a lot of people in, you know, scripts and the sets, and I did my other short films, and and as you know, time went by, I started to um, again go into different genres, and I started going to like comedy documentaries. I started going to documentaries. The digital world came out, you know, and the digital was super, so much more easy to shoot, and you know, there's a lot of other stories that I wanted to tell. Yeah. And I started to say, okay, you know, I'm going to go into the documentary world. I went into the documentary, and you know, I, I, I worked on three documentaries, one that was almost ten years long. You know, it, I, I was doing other projects during those 10 years span but it was projected for like 10 years you know we finally shot it and cut it you know we got distributed mm-hmm. and I shot another documentary and um, so what happened during that time I was I was so into documentaries I kind of left the narrative fiction world it could be a mistake but it was something that I, I just pursued because um, I was happy you know when okay. you're happy and, and you're having fun and you like something you know you do it yeah. you know and that's, that's you know my whole thing just being an artist what I wanted to do, wanted to tell the stories. But eventually I felt that um, it took the time and the reward wasn't as big enough or the reward, I would say, wasn't, I wasn't felt more appreciative than doing a narrative fiction. Okay. And I felt that I was, uh, could say that I was probably telling the story that wasn't really mine, yeah. you know? And, and even, you know, it, it, I would document and I started to get this feeling that, you know, just love telling story. You know, I've always loved creating story, creating a mood, creating feeling, just get my hands, just doing casting and just creating this story to say, look, look what I created. Look at this dollhouse that I just built or whatever. And I went back into narrative fiction and I said to myself, and it's funny, everyone says, look, you never did horror. And horror is like one of your favorite genres because I've seen like all the horror films, you know, from, you know, back then. And I said, okay. Well, I'm what go you, let me ask you, let me stop for a second. What were some of your favorite horror films growing up? You know, it's funny. Somebody told me what's your scariest movie you've ever seen. And Death Wish was the scariest movie I've ever seen when oh, I was younger. Nice. I thought it was just, it was such a scary, it was so raw. Yeah. It was just, it was just so freaking creepy. It was scary. It was just real, man. Yeah. And that's how New York felt when you watch. You know, when I watched it, was it was just Jesus, man. It was just creepy and scary. And that's that was my scariest movie. Then my second scariest movie was uh, with John Travolta, uh, um, Blowout. Oh wow! That okay. Was like my, yeah, that was my second scariest film um, I've I've seen. So it's so weird when you tell me my my, my scariest movies or what. But those two films were like scariest. I mean, as a child looking at it, you know, looking yeah. at it now, of course, you know. But then you know, other scary films, of course. I would say just like a lot of other horror fans, you know, I love Halloween and I love Exorcist, of course, for its whole story. You know, to me, Exorcist is probably one of the ultimate horror films. You know, Absolutely. Just for the fact that it's not even the girl that was scary. You know, the scariest part of that whole film was this priest that went his whole life. He, he did something he never wanted to do. And yeah. in real life, you don't want to live life like that. And I thought that was, you know, that being the horror of the film is incredible. 
you know, a lot of people don't even see it that way. You know, people always think about the girl who's possessed, but no, the horror of the movie is about this priest who regretted everything he's done and, you know, for his past and everything. But, you know, it was, you know, it was an incredible film. It's so, you know, the horror was the backdrop. And, of course, again, Friday the 13th, and um, I love them all. You know, I love them all, the Evil Dead, and I love the whole thing that the horror film had this thing about the creativity of just trying to scare people, you know, and, and yeah. trying to do this thing that was unique. And all these horror films was unique in a way that they try to scare people, you know? Even though a lot of people talk trash about horror films. Well, I think it's interesting that you brought up Blowout and Death Wish being, you know, kind of the, the things that you really remember scaring you because you're in New York, you grew up there, correct, right? So you're in that area, yeah. so this was close to you, it was in your culture, it was in your area, so you, you walk outside and you think, wow, you know, I saw some kind of realistic setting for this film that might happen today, that could happen around me, so that is certainly going to be a scary aspect from there. And then The Exorcist, I got to tell you, one of the top five scariest movies I've ever seen, um, you know, I, I wasn't, I was so young that I wasn't able to really understand the, the kind of point of view that you're talking about when it comes to the priest, what got me is I just just kept looking up to the air conditioning vent, um, hoping I didn't hear some kind of scratching <laughs> that I wasn't going to get possessed. You know, and you know, and that that was the beauty about Exorcist because I was the same way as you when I was younger watching the film. Oh shit! You know, this shit in my pants. Watching <laughs> the film, you know, so scary. But as I got older and watching the film, I was like, holy shit! That's the horror. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's nothing about a human being going through their whole life and then realizing that one day this is not what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and and, and 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 how William Friedkin, you know, how he caught that on camera, and how at the end, you know, he just, you know, he wanted his demon to go in him because he just hated his life and just he just come into the, you know, he kept on screaming, you know, come into the spirit comes into him, and you know, he 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 wanted to save this girl's life, you know, and he didn't even care at that moment because his life was just, he was miserable. Well, from that point of view, I love that you bring that up, man, because you think about it for me as, you know, you get older, you become adult, you get more mature, and you start to realize that regret is why you want to always do things when you want to do them, you want to try, you know, you want to put yourself out there because regret is one of the worst things that could happen to you, having to think about these things. You know, you don't want to spend too much time, but, you know, regret, missing out on things, a wasted life, those are certainly things that I think all adults, as they get older, they start thinking about that are huge fears. So I really like that point of view of the priest and how he had that. I've never I've never thought about that in that way. So I think for listeners right now, here on the What the Falk Show, the What the Falk Show is available on SoundCloud iTunes, the Pod Directory, Stitcher app, presented by sponsor as Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for this best price, Bakersfield, California. I think that's a really good point of view and insight of uh, what makes Exorcist also really scary. Not just getting possessed, but the idea of that you go 60 years in a profession yeah. and you don't actually do anything. Absolutely. And you know, the key part of the scene, you know, where listeners can look at where you start to say, huh, is one um, of the detectives, you know, questions the priest, and excuse me for getting the character's name. He told me he was a good boxer. How come he never continued? And he didn't have an answer, really. He was like, oh, you know? And, and you know, it's just basically there's things in life that you, you were good at, and why didn't you pursue it, you know? Because you felt this is the way you wanted to do it. Yeah. The path that you, you felt that this is what you should have done, you know? And, and he did it all for the wrong reason. And, you know, and you can see as the movie goes by, that that was a big problem in his life. He just, he started, he just, yeah. he hated it, you know? And he just didn't want to do it anymore. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's just it's an incredible film to look at and, there's two different ways you can watch it. And again, as us being young, we saw that way. And as I watch it now, I'm like, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, well, speaking of good products and speaking of good films, let's bring up Zombie with the Shotgun. It's how we connected through Twitter. I saw this great project, and I was like, "Wow, look at all these people that are interested in this." I love the artwork. I love the comic yeah, yeah, part of it. Yeah. So then again, I went into this whole horror, you know, you know, I went into the horror films, and I said, "Let me get back to this horror, and, and, and you know, go back to narrative fiction and explore, you know." And, and, and at this time, you know, yes, I am experienced. Yes, 
I, you know, I know how to cast, I know how to do everything, you know, I have so many years in, in, in my belt. And, you know, again, you start to think to yourself, as, you know, as you're getting older, it's like, you know, what is the right thing to do, you know, to get out there and get people to catch your eye and, you know, to catch their eye and say, you know, how you can get your, you know, to the next step. And, you know, honestly, too, if I'm not going to lie to you, I felt the genre of horror was just so hot. Yeah. And I said to myself, look, I've, I've dabbled in all this stuff that I've done in horror I've never, you know, touched. And for me to get a name out there and get my name much more, you know, out there, I wanted to go into horror. And that was just simple and that was the truth. You know, and I said, okay, I started to, I, you know, started to shoot some testing and shooting some projects and some other short horror films. Of course, everybody, and it's funny what you said. You said usually when people start in the filmmaking days, they want to do dumb. You know, and here I'm going, you know, now I said, oh, let me do my own zombie. Yes. Well, so, so you did say that it was hot. So you did you did recognize the public relations aspect about how popular zombies were, just horror in general. You know, you have the Walking Dead, you have the Twenty Eight Days Later series. There was certainly a huge culture of you know young people and older people growing up from the Evil Dead's, the George Romero great stories with the social background that those movies had. And you have this new idea and these new great horror movies with CGI and things coming in. So you did see an opportunity to go ahead and strike while the iron's hot. Yes, yeah, you could definitely say that. You know, and I, I started, you know, with, you know, the whole thing started about like three, three and a half years ago when I fr- actually first shot the first episode of Zombie with a Shotgun. And that time it was hot, but not as hot. And so I did the first episode and I got a bunch of actors, actors that I knew, a friend, you know, who plays um, Aaron in the film. You know, we talked about it. He's like, yeah, dude, let's do this. And, you know, at first I said, okay, let's test this out. Let's see how it goes. You know, we'll shoot the first episode and then we'll see how, you know, how the fans will react. And that first week, it was just incredible. I had like, I don't know, like 30 to 40 emails of people who wanted to do podcast interviews, reviews. And I was like, wow. And I was like, wow, is this, is this, is this because I'm a genre or this something really like it? And of course you have the, you know, the, the title zombie with the shotgun, you know, it had that kind of like, you know, cool, what is it? It's quirky, whatever, it's cool. And then you get to watch it. Of course, you know, you have the whole, the whole thing with the whole with the shotgun too. It's like, oh, what is this? People, yeah. you know, knows about that film. And just bringing that title to me was like, you know, important also just, you know, we have so much zombie stuff going on, you know, what are we going to name this? You mm-hmm. know, and this is one that I came with because I knew that that would bring attention. And it, and it worked. It definitely worked. The title definitely worked. And just creating this, love kind of uh, atmospheric thing going on with these two characters and one of course Aaron the point of view of the zombie having it with his, with his girlfriend you know it had a different little element to it you know you know you, just, you don't really see too much of the point of view where the zombies and it has this like kind of like love element going on and it has a sexy love element going on you have these two sexy looking people the act and act and the actress they look good and see them you know you don't you know, see that because of course the zombies always look ugly and creepy and everything and so that just came right off very well. So, and the next, like, in the next, like, two and a half, you know, three years, we, you know, we took time to shoot, you know, the second, the third, and the fourth, and sixth episode, due to the fact that the actors, you know, live in New York. They lived in New York for a little bit because they were doing, you know, acting, um, modeling, they had model contracts, but then they had to go back home. So then doing, the, having them flying here in New York, you know, they usually when they had a campaign going on, modeling, that's when we said, okay, let's get together. And, started getting, you know, again, popular, and then, again, um, yeah, it was getting more difficult to get the actors. Mm-hmm. So we finally stopped this five episode, um, again, because it was difficult to get actors, and they weren't getting as much campaigns, and, you know, of course, they concentrated more on acting, and, you know, the actors in L.A., concentrating more on I understand the whole thing. Yeah. So... 
And these five no, episodes are available on Vimeo, YouTube, and your Zombie with a Shotgun website, correct? Just Vimeo, yeah. No, you can watch just on Vimeo and on YouTube. And, of course, you could go to Twitter and you could, you know, hit them up on Twitter and you could see the, the, the links are there as well. That's zombie, at Zombie with a Shotgun on Twitter. They can find you? Yeah. I mean, okay. you could actually, you know, you could go to YouTube.com slash Zombie with a Shotgun. And I promote it more on Vimeo. And, uh, but you can still get on YouTube, and it's the same thing with Vimeo.com slash Zombie with a Shotgun, and you go boom right it. Well, you could just Google Zombie with a Shotgun, and you'll get everything there. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the great things. You said Hobo with a Shotgun, which I remember was a movie with Rudger Hauer that was really popular, and you have that name, so you have so many different zombie projects, but then you have a great name, Zombie with a Shotgun. You have a great point of view of someone fighting zombies, yet also becoming a zombie. You have five entertaining episodes online that people are, are reacting to in a, a very positive way. So what kind of led you to think, I'm going to go ahead and make this a comic. I'm going to make this a feature film. How'd that process go? Well, just for the fact that, you know, you know, going out there, you know, again, it's, it's difficult to, you know, get people's attention to come in as investors, getting into people trying to, you know, uh, people come on board, collaborate, and get the film going. And, you know, I have I had that contact from many people that wanted to come on board, collaborate, but again, it's just who's going to pull the trigger to put in the money in first. And I didn't want it to die. I didn't want it to be one of these projects that was just there and what if. And, and it was funny because there were articles that I started reading online that said, whatever happened to Zombie with a Shotgun? You know? It's just, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, they're writing articles. I haven't even seen it. What the hell? So I... Um, well, yeah, props to you again yeah, for the product you made because a lot of different online horror publications from the horror screen mag to different online, you know, message boards and things. If you Google Zombie with a Shotgun, there's mention of that all over. So it definitely became, it was popular, but it also became like a cult hit in a way. Yes, yes. And that's when I started to realize, wow. And also I was getting... A lot of people hitting me up in social media, what's going on with it? And, you know, I was tired of, like, telling them, you know, just give it a few times, that's something going on. Yeah. So then, you know, again, everybody in the comic book world, of course, is really big. And it just was coincidence that um, uh, the artist who came on board to design with a shotgun with me, Simon, um, who also draws for near-death image comics, we just, just on Twitter, we just... Coincidentally, just hit, you know, we're following each other, and you know, we liked each other's stuff. And I made the first initial move with telling him, "Dude, I, your work is great. I love it." Yeah. You know, I said, "You know, I have this, uh, you know, web series. I love you to see." You know, and he saw it and he goes, "Dude, I love it too." And I just told him, "Look, you know, it'd be pretty cool if um, in the future maybe we can collaborate where I can get this whole zombie with a shotgun." So we just started, you know, dialogue. We were talking back and forth, and then you know, he, you know, I, I started telling him a little bit about the story and then he said why don't you know send me a script a comic book script I said cool I sent it to him and then we just hit it off and then finally we just finally said this is it we got the whole story right where we wanted it to go with and he do these sketches and I was like let's do it and then we just started from there we, we hit it off very well and still continuing going for probably a couple months until the whole comic book is done and you can see the comic book is a weekly to 10 days you can see uh update of a new sketch a new panel you know we're not giving the whole thing we're just giving a little bits and pieces to show the audience and the fans that this is continuing and it's mm. going to keep on going i think it was just the whole synergy and just believing the story with simon and i'm believing his work and just it just knew that it was something there but that's you know that's what 
you know, what are we doing now? And, and it's funny that you say that because today I announced online that we're going to, in a couple of months, we're going to finally go on a Kickstarter campaign. Mm. And with all these things that's going on, we feel that we can uh, raise money to finally get the feature that the fans have been waiting for for a long time. Well, I will absolutely and, have uh, your link. You know, I'll have your link for your INDB. I'll have the link for Zombie with a Shotgun. I'll have the Twitter, Instagram, really anything I can. So when that Kickstarter starts, let me know and I will go ahead and continue to promote this episode. Again, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. And I would say from an outside perspective, seeing the comic strips and seeing the pictures look awesome. Simon, this guy is a, is really talented. And I had to think as a viewer too that a, a zombie comic book in a way can be, it'll be as satisfying as the feature film, maybe more in some way because you can do even more. You know, you don't need special effects for blood and, and gore and different things. With the, the drawing, you can really go as far as you need to in your imagination. So I think the viewers are really going to enjoy that aspect. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, I agree. You know, this is something that could keep on going. I think we just, once we get that, you know, over that hump, that step where, you know, again, you know, we're doing this independently, but when you could get that big push from, you know, the big boys, as they would say, it definitely could continue to keep on going. And I, I don't see why it, it can't keep on going, you know, where it's at right now. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, you're in good company, sir. I would say that I'm very fortunate on this show to have really good guests. That's why I think that, that people like to enjoy the show. I like to think it's me, but I think majority of it is the good people I have to come on and talk about the things they love. Yourself, I have Hollywood screenwriter as my, my recent guest. We're feature film director and producer with the new movie with Andy Garcia. So I think people are going to listen to this. Once they, all they need to do, from all the huge fans that you already have, all they need to do is go ahead and click on the Twitter or the website and they're going to see exactly the potential and how good this zombie with a shotgun project is. I mean, just the poster in general, which I'll go ahead and use for this link, the poster in general is awesome. I mean, it's just really cool. It's like, I want to check that out. You know, I got a zombie with a shotgun. I've never seen that before. I'm excited to see what that is, man. So, you know, kind of going from the horror um, section, just for a second to kind of round out the show, the What the Falk Show did start with a hugely popular, I mean, hugely involved sports theme from fantasy football to many different sports. So I want to ask you, you're in New York, you know, Super Bowl 50 is coming up. Who are you taking in this game between the Panthers and the Broncos? Oh, man. You know, I have to give it 50-50. Toss-up. Okay. Um, you know, I just, um, it's a toss-up. I mean, the way Cam Newton is playing, it looks like he's unstoppable. Yeah. But then you have the other side where you have the Broncos' defense is really good. And, um, you know, Peyton Manning's last hurrah, you know, we may not be able to stop that. But I, I, I wow, it's, it's going to be a really good one. I hope um, so. But I'm going to answer your question. Um, I think the Carolina Panthers, I take them. I, I would have. I'm hoping that the Broncos win so Peyton can retire and get out of the AFC West. You know, me being a Raider fan, but uh, I absolutely agree with you. I think the Panthers are just too solid of a team, too solid of a team overall. They're just so balanced. I think I'm hoping it's not another domination like when the Seahawks beat the Broncos. But I think it's going to be a great yeah, game. Yeah, I think this, I think everybody has that on the back of their mind. Saying anything. Exactly. They have that feeling. This might be just like another, you know. Seattle Seahawks Well, speaking of great games, um, and speaking of New York football, the, one of the best games, I think my favorite Super Bowl would have to be 2007 Giants versus Patriots. Are you a uh, Giants fan or are you a Jets fan? I'm both. Okay. Um, Just New York in general. I, yeah, I, all right. I'm going to be honest, though. I am a Jets fan. For, you know, I, that's, I'm a Jets fan, but, you know, it's, it's very, you know, sad to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a hardcore New York Yankee fan. Oh, okay. And when the Giants play the Patriots, you know who I'm rooting for. Yeah, you know I love and I and I do like the Giants. I mean, I I, I, I like Giants like Manning and everything that you know. I really, when it comes to football, I like both of the teams. I mean, baseball is another thing. 
Right it, on it's the Yankee guy. The Yankee. <laughs> well, speaking of the Yankees, I was yeah. lucky enough to get to meet Alex Rodriguez when he came on the show Shark Tank. I got to meet him on set, and he was just a really nice guy, like opening doors for people or whatnot, and just being really polite and being willing to speak and be open with people. So for me, after getting to meet him this this season, this previous season, I was actually rooting for A-Rod, and it was kind of nice to see he had a bounce back year, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, me too. You know, I was always a big fan of A-Rod, and I was always... You know, that was so, it was awesome to see what he did this year. And, uh, you know, it's, just, it's pretty amazing, you know, but the guy is the real deal. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. We'll see if he makes the Hall of Fame. I hope he does, you know, so we'll, we'll go from there. But Hilton, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the What the Falk show. Could I say that hopefully this is maybe a top five best podcast experience for you? Would that be uh, Would that be a stretch? Uh, no. I okay. Think so. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Would you would you yeah. have anything you want to say goodbye to the listeners? They will obviously be checking out Zombie with the Shotgun and everything up there. I'll have all the links to all your social media of your upcoming projects. They'll be able to see just how many great things you've done, including some of the documentaries that after I've read about look like really interesting storylines. Um so anything you want to say to the listeners? Yeah, so just definitely we guys are interested, you know, if if you either can just Google zombie with a shotgun and you'll find everything. If you don't want to Google it, you could go to vimeo.com slash zombie with a shotgun or youtube.com slash zombie with a shotgun and you get to be able to see the videos. If you want to see the artwork, you can go Twitter, zombie with a shotgun, or you can even go to uh, tumblr.com, zombie with a shotgun, and you can see all the artwork of Simon and, and, and the collaboration of us telling this whole incredible story and you can see the process of the making of it and the artwork, you can see the posters and everything, and then if you're fans and become fans and interested in uh, helping fund Zombie with a Shotgun, um, right now you can hit me up on Twitter and leave your email address, put you in the emailing list, and once the campaign launches, we will hit you up and hopefully you can donate and help be part of Zombie with a Shotgun. Absolutely. And I'm confident that once they actually see the product that you have on there from these websites, I think they're going to be more confident. And they're going to see just how good this is. And I think you've definitely given some great point of views in terms of, you know, just creating projects starting from scratch, be it from the East Coast and dealing with actors schedules and just, you know, the creation of these different content. So I think you've been a great guest, man. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you. Okay, Hilton. Well, I hope it's a good Super Bowl and I hope to uh, talk to you soon, man. Have a good evening. You too. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye. So that was Hilton Ariel Rees, a producer, director, writer, worked in many different things in the independent film market. Um, over 20 projects that he's directed, written, and produced. So the guy knows what he's doing. I, I really respect people in, in LA, especially. A lot of people talk about, oh, I do this or I do that, but they actually haven't done anything. There's a lot of, you're going to meet so many writers at a bar who actually haven't written a word, so many actors who actually haven't acted anything, so many great directors who say they're directors and yet they haven't actually directed anything. So I'm very thankful to get to have people on my show who actually create content, who actually put one foot forward, who actually do what it takes. They take the stress and they create the things that they want to, be it fiction, non-fiction, documentary, and so forth. So I found Hilton online and I, Zombie with the Shock looks like a project that I'm really interested in. I can tell you the artwork is very entertaining and really interesting. So anybody interested in the horror genre and zombies especially, I want you to check out all that info. I will put that on the, the links for this show, so I think you're really going to enjoy that. Hopefully, as you know, the What the Falk Show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, Pod Directory as well. Each week, new guests and uh, new conversations, something to listen to when you're in your car, you're bored playing video games, you're in LA traffic, you're, uh, you don't want to talk to your significant other, or maybe you don't want to work. You know, Maybe you should work, but maybe you don't want to listen to your boss or whatnot. Maybe you're in class and you don't want to do too much studying. So it's the What the Falk Show. My, my goal is to provide witty and informational banner for the, uh, the boring parts of your day. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.